Joseph's brothers, um, he reveals himself to his brothers, man. Uh, I would love to have been there to see the revealing that takes place because of the heart, the heartache and the things that Joseph went through and then he still chooses to reveal himself to his brothers in a good manner. Um, Genesis 45, well, I would like, I know that I've got on there verse number three, but I want to read verse number one and then we'll jump to verse number three. Uh, the Bible says in chapter 45, he says, Then Joseph could not refrain himself before all of them stood by him, and he cried, caused every man to go out for me, and there stood no man with him. While Joseph made himself known unto his brothers, he wept aloud, and the Egyptians of and the house of Pharaoh heard heard him. I read that verse as I was studying and going through this and getting ready for uh, tonight's lesson. And they heard him cry. Before he revealed himself, they heard him weeping um, because it overwhelmed him standing before all of his brothers. Benjamin all the way through. But, and we'll start in verse number three. Genesis 45 and verse number 3. Watch what takes place. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I am Joseph. Wow. What is, what would your reaction be? If you're Simeon, what would your reaction be? If you're Reuben and Levi, what, what is your reaction to him saying, I am Joseph. Doth my father yet live? And his brethren could not answer him, for they were, what? Troubled. Troubled at his presence. Girls. Okay. Be good. They were troubled at his presence. What does that mean? They were terrified. They were uh, they were upset. Honestly, I, in my mind, I see guilt of all the things. Okay, here he is, the guy that you put in the pit, the guy that you said let's kill, the guy that you said get rid of. Here he is, and he says, "I'm here." What's going flowing through your mind? All the bad you've ever done to him. The despising that you did, the hatred that you did, the, all the things that you had done to him just immediately flow through your mind. Now, what is he going to do to us? I see the trauma. You, there's two things tonight, but number one is the trauma. What are they thinking is going to happen? Let me ask you. What would go through your mind? The guy that you had... They were in poked fear. in the face. Yeah, they were in fear. Huh. Joseph put the hammer on because he had a position to do that. Yeah. They are in fear. They wow. said, oh my God, he, he remembers us. It's our brother. We did we did wrong. And he could put the hammer on us. He yeah. said, he's in a position to do us in. You know? <laughs> but he didn't. No. He didn't. 
But they didn't know what he was going to do. They didn't speak a word because they were troubled. They were terrified of what was going to take place next. What was Joseph going to do to us? But in all reality, I feel like the as we as you look at this, that there are times uh, when you get caught with your hand in the cookie jar. You ever done that? <laughs> yeah. And you, uh, what happens? You're terrified. You're troubled because you don't know what to do. Uh-oh. And I feel like that's almost like the way they felt. I'm not saying that's exactly what it is, but I feel like, man, they got caught. Man, there he is. He's Joseph. Guy we threw in the pit, the guy we sold to, the guy we sold him to, and all, all the things that took place. No, they didn't know his background, what took place after he left him, but they know, they know the last time they saw him, he was riding off on a camel, uh, or riding, standing, walking behind a camel, leaving, leaving their country, because they sold him into slavery. <laughs> what would your reaction be? Uh, I'd be worried. <laughs> Here, here's Joe. Here's my brother I sold, and he's got the mercy. He, he can do us in. You're at the mercy of Joseph. You're at the mercy of Joseph. That's right. They were scared. They didn't know what was going to happen next. No, they did. I really see a contrast of emotions. You know, Joseph was overwhelmed with joy so much that he was bawling and squalling, and they were afraid. They were terrible. They were troubled. They were troubled. They didn't know what would happen. Anybody have any thoughts or questions? They were in fear. They, they, they didn't know what was going to happen to them next. Their, their guilt, like you said, was coming out in them, and they, they knew they should have been punished. And they were just waiting for the punishment. <laughs> you know what? You know what I feel like? I think it's going to be much like the Bible says in Revelation chapter 20. In verse 11, the Bible says that I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from the whose face the earth and the heaven fled away and there was found no place for them. I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened. And another book, another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those books, out of those, those things which were written in the books according to their works. I, I think that the way that they looked that day is the way that a lot of people will be looking when it comes to the white throne judgment. Troubled. Terrified. I think they'll be troubled because of those that are lost. I think it will be a lot of people that are troubled because those that are saved and know those that are lost. The, I think truly this, I feel like that, um, this is just personal opinion, but I feel like one of the moments in, in the history that will take place, um, that will be the most devastating, most uh, gut-wrenching thing to watch. The white throne judgment. As those that were dead, those that are without Christ, stand before the righteous judge, and they have no choice but to go to hell. That's right. Girls.
personally feel like that is going to be the most gut-wrenching event in the end. Watching family, friends, neighbors, people that you knew, even as an acquaintance, those that didn't know the Lord would be at the room. I feel like it's that same type of troubling that they were going through that they didn't know. They thought he was dead or gone or they thought they'd never see his face again. They never ever know him. And there he is standing before them. And there it is. I thought I'd never see them again. And there they are. Standing at the white throne judgment. What should have I done? Well, why didn't I tell them? And I personally know that I know people that are lost. And I've never talked to them about it. One day, if I don't, there'll be people at the White Throne Judgment that I'll see and I'll know that I never talked to. Is that troubling? Should it convict us? Yes, sir. You know, Brother Trent, I'm not scared to die. Right. But I know what I'm going to end up in. Amen. But what I'm concerned about, and I, I, and I can't do nothing about it, but it's at the White Throne Judgment. Yeah. I'm going to be a witness there. And I've got 10 folks.
understands what I read and everything, okay, is that once you've told them about Jesus Christ and they don't accept it, then you don't have that love right. in your hand anymore. Right. You're no longer you responsible know, for, you know, your, right. your, your responsibility is gone. Whenever. Right. You've done what you're supposed to have done. Right. Our responsibility is to tell. God's God's responsibility is to convict. And if by chance that someone does get saved or someone doesn't get saved, simply they rejected what we said, they rejected what God convicted on them, but we have done our responsibility. And our responsibility is to tell. And if we don't tell, yeah, they'll hear it from someone else. You know, that blood will be on their hands. I, I feel, I immediately go to the rich man and Lazarus. Hey. You know, the rich man, he, the moment he woke up in hell, I mean, the Bible doesn't tell us the moment, but he, the from the story, he goes to hell and he begins to beg Abraham and Lazarus to send somebody to his daddy's house to tell his brothers. And what is he? He got preach. That's right. And that's exactly what, that's exactly what Abraham said. They've, They've got Moses and the prophets, is what he said. Basically, you know, they they have the book. Somebody's supposed to tell. And who are we if we're not Jesus' disciples? Yeah. Who's expecting us to tell them if we didn't, or who we won't, or uh, we're reluctant to? And I've said before, and um, one of the easiest conversations to carry on is whatever the weather. Sports, uh, common interest, but one of the hardest ones to talk about is God. You know, I've seen it. I've been taught. I've talked to people, and you can talk to them about the car they drive. And the moment you mention God, the tension cuts through the air thicker you can get, and they shut you out, shut you down. I've been out so winning before, knocked on somebody's door. I tell them I'm from the church, and um, I don't want any of that, you know. And, and I don't know that there's different scenarios, and they might just be doing that to everybody that comes to the door. But but ultimately, at some point, sometime, hey, you know, here's the gospel. Somebody they're rejecting that gospel, uh, and it it's 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 it hurts my heart to think about white Trump judgment. Because none of us are promised tomorrow. But all of us will face that end, that judgment. I will be there as a uh, one judge. thrown into jail. I mean, being judged, yeah. But I'll be there to watch it go on. You'll be a spectator. Because the Bible tells us later in that chapter, and he shall wipe away all the tears. I think that's why. Seen something terrible, but it was troubling to them, just like it will be troubling to us. Who we didn't tell. You know, when they call out the names and everything, from our understanding, there's going to be a book. Yeah. Go through the books. Whose name's in there? Whose name's not? Or who name, whose name's not in there? 
shameful thing to do. To be honest, it really is. It really is. Shameful, embarrassing, whatever you want to call it. It really is. And think about how shameful they felt, how terrible they felt, because they knew what they did to him. And they knew, they knew that they had all covered it up. And they, they remained that lie. And I don't know that they ever told anybody. They probably didn't tell their spouses and their wives and their children. Hey, man, we threw, we threw your uncle into a pit. I mean, who goes around bragging about that? They didn't tell nobody. Then they didn't ever see that again. But it's just like that. Hey, man, we'll all stand before that white throne judgment. And we'll all face that same shame. We'll all face that same. What I mean, you're going to have to face it. Ah, man, I'll get away with that. I don't have to worry about telling nobody. I don't have to worry. No, you do have to worry about that because one day, one day we will all face that judgment. We'll be there. We will be there. Yes, ma'am. It seems like they should have felt a release that he was alive so they could ask him for forgiveness. Yeah. You know, and try to atone for what they had done. Yeah. Yeah. You would almost feel like if you had met someone that you had done like that, that that would be your reaction. But I think they were so awestruck and they were troubled. They were terrified. They were, this guy's in charge. If I go running up to him and say, hey, let's work this out, what is he going to do to me? You know. Oh, I know. I know he did. By giving him extra corn, and by giving him extra money. And... But, you go ahead. You know, Richard, I believe that Joseph forgave his brothers and everyone before that evening. Oh, yeah. Well, and it, uh, I want to read it because this verse, look at verse number four. This is the opposite reaction. We see the trauma, but I want to I want to look at the triumph. Look at number verse number four. I got another revelation. I need to go back to Genesis forty-five. Look at verse number four. Uh, they were troubled in his presence, and Joseph said to his brothers, "Come near to me." His love for them outweighed all the wrong that they had ever done to him. All the hatred that they had ever done to him. I pray you, and they came near to him, and he said, I'm Joseph, your brother, whom ye sold into Egypt. He said, I'm your brother. I am your brother. Come here. Come here. Now, therefore, be not grieved, nor angry, with yourselves that you sold me hither, for God did not send me before you to, God did send me before you to preserve life. Look at verse number 15, watch. Moreover, he kissed, verse 15, oh, I'm sorry, that's not on your thing there. Uh, verse number 15, the Bible says, and moreover, he kissed all of his brethren and wept upon them after that, his brethren talked with him. You said it. He had already forgiven them before they even came to Egypt. 
he wept. Verse number 14, he wept on his brother's neck and he kissed all of them. He went to Simon and he went to Reuben and he went to Judah who said, sell him. He went to them and kissed them and said, you know what he was doing by kissing them? You say, the love, the forgiveness, there ain't but one person who that reminds me of. That's Jesus Christ. In our efforts to do everything against him, God still says, I'll forgive you. Yes, sir. But you know, from what I've read and everything in, in the Bible and everything, Bruce, you know that I don't believe that you can do God's work bitterness against somebody and God's going to bless you to do his work until you have a clean everything is clean and God can I don't believe can, can bless you for you to have if you have something in your life that is not not right yeah. and I believe that's because God was with Joseph all the, the whole way all the way the whole way he never the Joseph God never left Joseph that's right and I, that's why I think that he he forgave his brothers way before Oh, yeah. Blessed him and everything. Of course, he was in prison and everything, but that he needed to be in prison to do the things that he did. Right. You know, that's right. And I, I believe 100% that you will never experience the true blessings, the true triumphs that you can unless you do forgive. If you have bitterness, if you have unforgiveness towards someone, that holds you back. Yeah. You know, because the moment you, oh man, I hate that sucker. Oh man, I wish I'd strike him. You know. I mean, look, I know people that that uh, when they made somebody upset or they got in a big fight in third or fourth grade, they still hate each other today and they're grown adults, you know? I've seen that. that I, don't, I mean, that's terrible. But it's that unforgiveness, it's that bitterness, and it will destroy you. And Joseph chose to forgive them yeah. and said, look, what you did to me, God meant it for good, is what he ends up saying. God meant it for good. Joseph, uh, his triumph was, uh, it pays to live right. Look, even in the midst of being in the pit, in, uh, being sold, going to Potiphar's house, going to prison, being underneath Pharaoh, what took place? He never stopped serving God. He never stopped loving God. And because of him always loving God and always doing right and always living right, he triumphed. He got to the top. He went to the top of the very of, of, of the land of Egypt, the only place that had corn, the only place that could sustain people during the famine. He was at the top because he never stopped loving, living for Christ. He was. He never stopped. It pays to live right. It pays to serve God. It pays to serve God. Right will always win. Well, you say it doesn't look like it's winning today. It will win. It will win. Well, you know, you've ever heard the statement, cheaters never win. That's not right. Cheaters do win sometimes. Mm -hmm. But cheaters, cheaters may win today, but they won't win at life. Nope. You know, these men cheated, but they didn't win at life. Joseph won at life. He never cheated a moment. 
And he always stayed right and always lived right and did right for God. And he ended out on top. He, he loved his brothers. And the love of Christ that he has given to us, the love of Christ that he shows towards all mankind, I don't understand why people want to reject the Bible and want to reject God. You look at this love demonstrated in Genesis chapter number 45. There's only one reason why anybody loves somebody after they've done all of that to him. How does he go through the pit and Potiphar and prison and still come out saying, come here, brothers, come here, and kiss everyone of them? How? Because of God. There's not one person in this world that thinks that's right. Man, you ought to have thrown him into prison. Lock the door and throw away the key. That's what they were worried about. <laughs> but he loved them. And see, when we live the right way, it will show through our life. That love that he had for them, all that was, was God's love being shown. That God showed to Joseph. That even though he was in prison, God still showed him love. You say, how? Because time and time again, he provided for Joseph. He gave him the right opportunities, met the right people. All these things took place for Joseph to be in that position. But, I will say, go to Joseph when he gets thrown in that pit. And he takes a different attitude of being thrown in the pit. This never happens. It's that forgiveness, unforgiveness. They go, man, my, I hate my brothers. Oh, I can't wait to get even with them. I can't wait. I can't wait. If he would have sat there in that pit, thinking about how he was going to get even with his brothers, I, he would have never got to the top. Never would he. Never. But I will say this, that one of the hardest things to do is forgive. Especially when you've been done wrong. What did his brothers do to deserve forgiveness? Nothing. They didn't ask for forgiveness. They didn't say, hey, hey brother, would you forgive me? You know, there are people who've done us wrong and they will never ask us for forgiveness. So should we forgive them? Yes. And those types of people are the hardest people to forgive. Because they've made you, they've done you wrong and they've never came to you and said, I'm sorry. But you either let it eat you up or you forgive. Just like Ron Lucky said, you either do it or you will pay for it. I mean, you're not going to rise to the top. No. You're not going to try it like that. God, I don't think God can bless you with no. some, uh, no. whatever you have, a grudge or a hidden. Uh, uh, he won't. He can't. No. It's, it's the other, you know, the blessings, I believe that. Excuse me, but also the answered prayer. I love answered prayer. 
But you and I can't have that if we have sin in our heart. And do you know what sin is? Unforgiveness. That's that's strong. I believe I believe this with all my heart. That that sin, unforgiveness, is the hardest sin for every person to deal with. If they be honest. Because everybody's been hurt. And everybody's been done wrong by somebody at some point in their life. Today, a lot of people, especially today, well, the reason I'm this way is because I was raised this way and that's why I'm this way. Was, I mean, that's taking your circumstances and allowing them to mold you. Joseph took his circumstances and said, no, I'm going to trust God. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to forgive. And I'm going to go to the top. I see, one, his triumph was that it pays to live right. His triumph was grace. And verse number four, come near to me. Who says that to a guy who basically threw him in a pit? Come here. A completely, totally different voice tone than what he had before. Because he loved them. The other thing, lastly, and I'm done, is his perspective. His triumph and his perspective. Look in verse number five. He says, for God did send me before you to preserve life. He said, don't get angry with yourself because you've sold me. God did it. Hey, God, God brought me here so he preserved life. What a perspective. Look at verse number eight. So now it was, he says, so now it was not you that sent me hither, but God. And he hath made me a father to Pharaoh and a lord of all his house and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. So Joseph says, who sent him to Egypt? Who threw him in the pit? Who put him to work for Potiphar? Who put him in prison? Who did Joseph say did it? God did it. You meant it for evil, but God did it for good. What a perspective. Good. What's our perspective? When bad things happen. When we go through trial. When we go through... I mean, this, I would say, would you say this is a trial? trial? Would you say it's a rough 20 years? Yes. Can you imagine 20 years like that? What's my perspective after 20 years like that? Be bitter. <laughs> most, most people would you be ever bitter. met a bitter old man? Yeah, a bitter old man, yeah. But he was, he knew God was doing this for a purpose. There's a reason. But it all starts, I'm, I'm going to go back to it, but it all starts at forgiving his brothers. Because if he doesn't forgive his brothers, he never has that perspective. And if you don't forgive the person who's hurt you, you'll never have that perspective of saying, God placed me here. You'll never have that perspective. Well, God's the one that put me in the pit to bring me to Potiphar, to put me in prison, to be able to meet the baker and the butler so that I can meet Pop. Pharaoh, so I can interpret his dream, so I can be in charge, because God put me there in the right place, at the right time, at the right time, all this took place because God 
be honest, it's a convicting perspective. Because I'll ask you this, because I ask myself this. Do I always have that perspective? That's convicting. May I have any questions? May I have any thoughts? But you know, preacher, whenever somebody does you wrong, especially when you think it's somebody that, that cares for you, yeah, that goes to the core of your soul. Oh, it does. And it's not easy. No, it's not. It's not easy. No, it's not easy to forgive. Well, the word, the word says you have to forgive to be forgiven. Yes. So if you don't forgive, then every time you ask God to forgive you, He, ain't, he can't forgive you until you try. forgive. That's right. That's what it says in the Lord's Prayer. Forgive my debts. Forgive my debtors. I'm missing the words completely, but so it's true. It's true, and it does hurt to the core. And it does. I mean, there's no way around it. And honestly, um, you know, someone that's hurt you. Say, say it's family that's hurt you. Um, being hurt by family, um, you're reminded of it every time you see them. Every time the name's called out. Lord, help me forgive them. And, and you know what? Sometimes it may be that you have to say, God, forgive. I forgive them. Okay? If you're still having animosity when they mention their name, you, you need to ask, God, help me forgive them. <laughs> One more time. And, and sometimes, sometimes it's a weekly. Sometimes it's daily. Sometimes you still have to work on it. And, and it's hard. To love them the way that Christ loves me. It's hard. But it is possible to do. But it is hard. Amen. 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 Anybody else? Question? lesson and um, I studied it you know before not, not necessarily I've never preached from the life of Joseph but just knowing that we come to this point where he reveals himself and he's forgiven them and um, it is convicting and just just challenging and, and uh, as you as you look at your own life and you look at people that hurt you and how do I treat those people how do I forgive them? How do I, how do I forgive them? Now, there's only, <coughs> there's only one way to forgive, truly forgive somebody like that, and that's the Lord helping you forgive them. I mean, because it is going to be hard. It's not going to be something, oh man, I forgive them. We're, we're all buddy-buddy. No, I mean, you're going to have to, it may take more than once going to the altar and praying about it and asking God to help you forgive them. 
because just depending on the, the amount of hurt that you did suffer. And don't think, don't think for just a moment just because, man, I need to forgive them. I mean, that person hurts you. I mean, that, I mean, what they did was wrong. I mean, those men did do wrong. It wasn't like they did right. They didn't do right by throwing him in that pit. That was wrong and wicked and evil. And just because someone's hurt you and you say, well, I need to forgive them, doesn't mean that what they did was okay. Because it wasn't okay. But if God allows you, if you are, if you allow God to help you forgive them, you'll be so much better for Yes, sir. It makes you stronger. Oh, it does. It does make you stronger. Choosing to forgive rather than to hold a grudge. Amen. Amen. Well, that it? Anybody else? All right. Let's, let's pray. Lord, I thank you for today. Thank you for letting us be here together tonight. I pray that you have blessed our time together. I pray also that you will bless uh, the night as we go about our way. Uh, I pray in just a moment we'll have the time honestly to, to search our heart and, and forgive someone um, that has hurt us. And I think it, it is important to ask ourselves and, and really search our hearts and, and uh, ask uh, who is it that's hurt me? Who is it that I need to pray for? Who is it that I need to forgive? And uh, Lord, help me those that I feel like have hurt me, Lord, I, I, I'll take just a moment and pray. We love you, and in Jesus' name we pray. And let's, let's take just a moment, talking about all this, talking about unforgiveness, let's take a moment and pray. Maybe someone came to your mind, God said, hey, you need to forgive that person. I'm going to take a few moments here and pray at the altar, and uh, if you need to take a few moments there, it's your seat. That's fine.